How many of you find that you have different rules in different places? So when you're off to grandma's, how many of you go, ah, oh, it's grandma's rules? <laughs> yes, says Sam, rather than dad's rules. Yes? And how many of you, when you go to school or to the workplace, find you live under a different set of rules and expectations than you do when you're at home? Yes? Yes? So Andrew, for example, at home is dad, husband, whatever, but at work you are teacher, aren't you? And Mr. Burgess, I guess, rather than Andrew. Uh, and so we all live in different... Ah. Uh, Batteries have died. Let's move on a bit. We all live in different systems, um, and there is a whole theory about how we live together and the different systems and the ways that we interact together within a family, within a workplace, within an education system, uh, and you could write doctoral theses on this kind of thing. But um, let's, let's kind of skip over that one. Let's go to the next one. Um, it's, it's relatively simple in a sense. So there's... Um, let me kind of work to talk you through this one. Um, if you are at home and you want something, as a child that is, you might go to mum and is that maybe, I don't know, you want a piece of cake. You might go to mum and mum says no. That's identifying the system constraints. And then you decide how you're going to exploit the system's constraints. You think to yourself, who actually will say yes to my desire for a piece of cake? Ah, dad will say yes. So you go to dad. And you say, Dad, can I have a piece of cake? And you don't just say it once. You keep saying it until he breaks and gives in and says, yes. That's subordinating everything else to the above decision. That is that you want a piece of cake and you're going to ask Dad for it. And then you elevate the systems and constraints, as in you keep going, you keep going. You say, Dad, it's really, 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 really what I want now. Otherwise, I'll scream and scream and scream until I'm sick or something like that. And then... You go back to step one because you know that there's another thing that you could get that mum might have said no to. And that works unless, of course, the parents are united, which is, of course, the ideal situation that families grow up in, that they have one set of rules in one household uh, that children grow up in, uh, and mum and dad know intuitively what the other one would have said and stick with it. Trouble is, that takes years and years of learning, doesn't it? But that's kind of part of that theory of how we live together. Um, and it, it, and it kind of works, kind of doesn't. Let's move on again. Um, so systems are all about saying we have certain inputs, we want to transform things, we get outputs, and then we give feedback, and so we transform things again. And that's kind of what families are like, and there's different ways of working at school, different ways of working at work. And um, you could think of ourselves as being in a much bigger system, like the way the government organises us or organises itself. So, for example, uh, how do governments work? So they tax people who work, they give benefits to those who can't or don't work. Yes, reasonable? A sort of, at heart, I suppose, a sense of trying to equalise things a little bit so that we all have enough money to live on. <clears throat> Except it doesn't quite work like that anymore, does it? And actually, most systems of power are all about saying, let's keep the poor poor and those with power rich. Let's look at the next one. Uh, no, the one after that, sorry. Um, that one. 
in world systems theory, uh, inequality and poverty is a direct consequence of an evolution of international political economy into a fairly rigid division of labour, favours the rich, penalises the poor. So the rich will pay you just as much as they need to to get you to do the work that they want you to do. And in a capitalist economy, therefore, profit is king. But we're called to say, yes, your kingdom come, your will be done. Let's go on to that one again. Um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we have to ask ourselves, how is God's kingdom, God's system, if you like, different to some of the systems that we live with, that we have examples to us all around us? So we need to have a little think about that. And um, so here's some questions for you. What is God's system? What is God's kingdom like? What are God's values? What is God's will for how we might live on this earth? Now, you're all a bit stunned, I think. So I'm going to give you two minutes to talk to each other. You might want to talk as a whole table, or you might want to talk in with the people that are kind of directly nearest you to think about what's God's kingdom like and how might we live knowing that we're part of God's kingdom, knowing that that prayer is, God, your kingdom come on earth, which kind of starts with our lives, doesn't it? Okay, do you understand what I'm asking you to talk about? Good, talk.
Thanks, Luke. Marvellous. Okay, friends. Hopefully you've all made some progress. Made lots of progress. You're all talking still. It's great. Friends, hello. Could anybody give me some kind of um, response to this question about what is God's kingdom? What is God's system, if you like? What is God's kingdom like? Anybody want to open that conversation for me? Ah, Debbie. Let me come and bring this to you. Hopefully it'll work. We were having a discussion about whether or not it's to do with everyone being given equally so everyone is on the same pegging or whether it's giving people need. So we had this interesting conversation about that. Okay, that's helpful. Um, So um, what do you think the Bible says about that? Can't remember. (laughs) Love. What about love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbour as yourself? Shola, do you want to say something? Um, Bridget's just called for the microphone and sent it to you. That's brilliant, isn't it? Um, I was just bringing up the, um, the verse that says, uh, what does God require of you, man? Not that you should do justly, love mercy, and walk, walk humbly with your God. Okay, it seems to me Bridget knows the verse just as well as you, but never mind. And that's from Micah, isn't it? Yes, Ma- yeah. Micah 6, verse 8. Uh, if you wanted to look that up. Um, love mercy, walk humbly with God, and something about justice in there as well, act justly. Okay, so those are quite values, if you like, God's values, that I think are these days more and more at odds with how this country, at least, is choosing to go. And we see that, don't we? When actually a few years ago there was no need for food banks... And now you get all sorts of people who go, no, it is not right that you can be sanctioned for money for 13 weeks. And so I will do my bit by adding an extra packet of rice, an extra packet of pasta, and putting it in that trolley at the end of the supermarket checkout. These are not just Christians. It's all types of people who recognise that there is injustice happening in this country in this year. And that injustice, if you think about how food banks have grown, is less than 10 years old. But it's something to do with this government's response to austerity. Oh, let's give the rich another tax break and hold benefits for five years instead. Isn't that giving power to the powerful and money to the powerful and holding the poor in poverty? As, disposed, as opposed to God's values which is that we're all equally made in God's image. Whether we're white or brown or grey or pink or or well-educated or not, we all are made in God's image. So, sorry, I've almost answered my own questions. What do you, what other, other, anybody wanted, did anybody talk about the last question, about how does God want us to live? I guess we did talk about justice and mercy and walking humbly with God. I've got a flashing light, so you might last you too, Ben. Love your neighbour as yourself. Love your neighbour as yourself. Okay, so that means treating other people as you want to be treated. So, that's just, and it's important on all levels, isn't it? 
My mum has neighbours who put her bins out for her because she can't do it herself. Back in the day, they put out bins for neighbours, as it happened in a totally different place. But it's that kind of sense in which you, you look after people. We care for others because we're all made in the image of God. Now, tell me, friends, what images of the kingdom of heaven spring to mind in terms of Bible verses, Bible stories, perhaps stories that Jesus told about how, what the kingdom of God is like or the kingdom of heaven? There's a few of them, so there's no immediate correct answer. Kingdom of heaven is like a pearl you look for and you sell everything and for that one pearl. Brilliant. Go and sell everything you've got for that one pearl. And yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So the, 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 the merchant who looks for a pearl, we'll come back to that in a minute actually, because we're going to retell that one in, uh, fully. Um, Steve. It's a mustard seed, small and invisible, yet grows into something so big that you can't avoid it. Okay, so mustard seed that grows into something, that is something small and invisible that grows. Um, oh, you mean that parable? Um, <laughs> um, but what does that tell us about the kingdom? The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Yes, so that's seeking first the kingdom of heaven. Let's just focus on this for a minute. Um, it's like a mustard seed. It's really small, and yet it grows to something really big. Is that what the kingdom of heaven is like? It starts off as something really, really tiny, as in some decision in our heart. And in a sense, is there an echo there of the parable of the, of the seeds? You know, and the good seed that falls on the good soul produces a harvest of 30, 60, 100 souls. Others that come to faith because of your faith? Question. Um, it's quite, it's, they're, they're old parables, aren't they? Because it's like, well, what does that tell us about the kingdom, really? Small becomes big, basically. It's okay, but what's small and what becomes big? So um, uh, let's come back to Pam. Pam wanted to talk about um, seeking first. Tell us more about that. Well, it was just a verse that was given to us in our wedding. Uh -huh. uh, Vicar, our minister of Mali does. And it often comes up, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seeking first God and his kingdom other things follow on. That's the most important thing. Okay. So there's a question about priorities there, isn't there? Seeking first the kingdom means actually not seeking first to, uh, to, 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 to accumulate wealth, for example. It's not about how big a pile of stuff can I die and leave to my offspring. Oh, because actually that's what happens, isn't it? You can't take it with you. So what is the point of having a big pile of stuff, whether it's money or houses or, or boats or, or cars or whatever? It, it, it's actually for, the point of it is to be used for seeing the kingdom of God grow. Yes? No? Anybody with me? Yes, okay. So um, there's the parable of the yeast. That's again a small thing that goes through 30 kilograms of dough. I mean, I, I almost thought about buying 30 kilograms of flour, but then I thought I couldn't get a bowl big enough to put it in. Um, I'd have to borrow a, a, a paddling pool or something. And then I just thought of the mess, the flour everywhere. So anyway, 30 kilograms of flour, that's 60 pounds. That's like masses. But the point is it's a little bit of yeast. It's a handful that then affects the whole batch of dough. And it all rises. 
So think about that in your setting, your street, your workplace, your, your school. If you go with, as it were, the yeast of the kingdom, doesn't that affect the whole of the situation you're in? If you start with a soft answer that turns away wrath, doesn't that affect, and you stop swearing, doesn't that affect the way that others notice who you are and what you're doing and what's going on? Yes, it does. Okay, more pictures about the kingdom that you can think of from the Bible. If you're stuck, just open your Bible to Matthew 13. That's assuming you brought a Bible. I've not seen anybody's brought one. Oh, Claire's got one. Bridget's, Bridget's, Bridget's remembered one. Um, um, oh, let's come to Felicity first. Given... It's on my iPhone. It's on my iPhone. Yeah, it's also available in print. Yes. Um, um, I see Julie keep waving her hand. I'm going to get up the back now to Julie. Julie. So, um, Martin, Cheryl and I talked about the parable of the talents. Uh-huh. So, um, the, the, the... Listen up. So Jesus told a story about um, people that were given talents and the person that got one talent thought, oh, well, what's the point? So he just buried his in the ground. Yep. Um, but the person who got lots of talents thought, oh, way, ooh, I'm going to go and do lots of things. And then those multiplied. Um, and there's, there's a kind of principle in that about doing stuff with a, 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 bit, a bit, being a steward of what you've been given, not, not, not just with money, but with giftings and things like that. And there's, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's worth remembering that life isn't a rehearsal. We're not waiting for the day when every relationship will be sorted, when I've got my million in the bank, when I've got whatever it is. What we're doing is we're living life now for the kingdom, for God, for seeing the kingdom grow. Um, And I think that's really important that we don't just say, I'll do it one day. It's now. Now is the day of salvation, friends. Now is the day when we can be telling our friends about, about faith. Now, we talked a little bit about some of those values of God's kingdom, that stuff about perhaps justice, mercy, peace, um, uh, living, walking humbly with God. We, we talked a bit about that sense of treating each other equally. Love your neighbour as yourself. And I think... There is a bit of a question in me about what's universal and what's particular to being part of God's kingdom. Because I think a lot of people live with, as it were, Christian moral values. It's not right that the poor have nothing to eat. And so they do something about it. But there's something that is... is, There are some of the ways that we live, some of the things that we might do and say, that means it's very particular to us being part of God's kingdom. Um, And I wonder what those might be. Anybody willing to talk to me? What do we see as the things that are are particular to us being Christians, followers of Jesus, to being part of God's kingdom? I think the microphone's given up. All people have value and are of worth, whether they work or whether they're sick, or whether they're ill, or whether they're, um, you know, whatever, whatever, whether they can, they're able to contribute to the economy or not. All people are of equal value, so the mentally handicapped is still of equal value to someone that can go and be a doctor somewhere. Whereas I think very often this world doesn't see that as important. 
okay. So we, we live by a different, to a different beat, as it were, a different drum, um, uh, in that sense that we want to live our lives valuing everybody, whatever their IQ, whatever their ability or disability, whatever their education or not. Um, and perhaps is that particular to us being Christian? Um, I'm just going to hand this mic back. Hang on. It's going to be a challenge to change the battery, given it's taped up. Um, I'll use my, 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 this one over here. Um, but w- what is it about being Christian that marks us out as, being, as different? Forgiving. Oh, forgiving. Forgive other people as, as you have been forgiven. Uh, we'll come back to that in later in the Lord's Prayer, don't we? Forgive us our sins, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who sin against us. Um, and that's really important, isn't it? That we are people who are forgiving. We're people who live, as it were, in the now. Um, I think I want to say beyond that, it's about that we've got a message. We've got good news to tell out. It's not just good news about life now that we want to treat everybody with respect and dignity and so on and so on. But actually it's good news that God loves us, God forgives us, God wants to spend eternity with us. And that's, as it were, the unique bit about faith. And those who have... Thank you, Andrew. Uh, Those who have um, faith is that actually it's about that sense that we are called to be people who tell out this good news. Felicity. I just want to say it's how we demonstrate the lives that we live as Christians and how people see us living yes. that life. Yes, 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 absolutely. So, um, uh, you know, beyond that, w- w- let's think about that, that, that focus in on that prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. So what's it like in heaven and what are we trying to see on earth Therefore. All right, let me ask you some basic questions. Is there any crying in heaven? No. Is there any illness in heaven? Is there any death in heaven? Okay. So when Jesus came saying, the time is at hand, the kingdom of God is is at hand, sorry, the time is now, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the good news, Jesus then went off, well, went off, went on, and did stuff, if you like, that is about the kingdom of heaven breaking into earth. So what do we read in the Gospels? What's that M word? Sam. Miracles. Miracles. Thank you. (laughs) He can repeat what I say to him. It's great. Um, Miracles. Miracles of healing. Miracles of demons being kicked out. Miracles of of the lame being able to walk, of the blind being able to see. All of that is samples of the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. And we pray for the same, the same prayer. So it's not just that we have a message, words, but that we have the power of God at work in us that then works through us to bring the kingdom to those around us. So I ask you, when did you last pray for healing for somebody? If not, will you have the courage to do it this week? Even if they're not healed, the fact that you've had the courage to offer 
is huge. Because actually we need to make sure we're not just doing the universal stuff, the sense of saying, yeah, poverty's not right. But actually we need to be doing the particular stuff, which is about God's kingdom coming to earth. So let's have a look at, yeah, your kingdom comes to earth. Um, let's go on to that other, um, uh, other, other, other PowerPoint, please. Now then, I want to um, tell you that story that we referred to earlier about the, um, the parable of the, the, the merchant who finds a pearl. And um, it's just quite a small book. So if you are small, young, that is, oh, that means Ben and Zach, Jacob, Jacob even. That doesn't really work, does it, to praise way you guys? Okay, I'll just tell you it from here. Can you see it, basically, from here? And there's, the pictures are come up on the screen as well. It's called The Precious Pearl. Um, this is from a book, um, a retelling of stories that Jesus told. Um, and that's the, the Bible verses it's based on. Kingdom of Heaven is like this. A man is looking for fine pearls. A merchant went looking for fine pearls. Go back. Um, and um, when he found one of the great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So, The Precious Pearl. Here's a man who buys and sells things. He's called a merchant. He has a fine fur coat and a felt hat with a floppy feather. It's his favourite. He lives in a house which is huge. It has five floors, a fish pond and a fountain in the front garden. Not fair. Not fair. We used to live in a house that had five floors. But that's a different story. It was a vicarage. The merchant has everything he wants. He has 15 rooms filled with furniture. He has four freezers full of food and three fridges for soft drinks, for fizzy drinks. And there's more money under his mattress than you could ever imagine. Much more. Yes, the merchant has everything he wants until one day he goes to a shop. In a shop window, he sees something special. Something really special. It's a wonderful white pearl. You look at that picture on his face, that bing, I want that. He goes into the shop, and the man in the shop says, well, it's five million pounds, says the man in the shop. It's even more money than the merchant has under the mattress. But he wants that pearl more than anything else in the world, so he has a plan. He hurries home. He sells his furniture. He sells his fridges. He sells his freezers full of food. He sells his house, his fountain, and his fish. He sells his fine fur coat, but the felt hat with the floppy feather he keeps. It's his favourite. So he borrows a wheelbarrow, and he bundles in the money, and off to the shop he trundles to buy that pearl. Four million, nine hundred ninety-nine thousand, nine hundred ninety-four pounds. He's D, oh dear, he is still six pounds short. So the man in the shop says, well, why don't you sell me your hat for six pounds? Merchant laughs. He hands the man his hat and takes the pearl. Hurrah! The pearl is his at last. 
Jesus says, God is like the merchant's pearl. It costs everything to know him. He's worth more than anything in the whole world. Now, tell me, where do you think that man will sleep tonight? How will he buy things to eat? What about clothes or a hat? He has a pearl, but that's it. He doesn't have a house anymore. He doesn't have money to buy food to eat. He doesn't have clothes or a hat, but frankly, he doesn't care. He has the pearl. And I'm delighted that Pearl Giles is with us today. (laughs) Hopefully named after the said said story. But anyway, maybe not. Um, You are of great price. And... um, But he doesn't care, does he? Because actually, he's willing to give up everything. Okay, for the pearl. But we started off with the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl. So he's willing to give up everything for the kingdom of heaven. In other words, being part of God's kingdom is worth all poverty, all hardship on this earth. Partly because God's kingdom is eternal. Partly because it frankly doesn't matter a fig what happens to us on this earth because we will spend eternity with God in heaven if on this earth we've chosen to take the offer of forgiveness from Jesus for ourselves. And we've said yes to God's friendship with him. So it's not just about how we live our lives. Are we going to live with justice and mercy? It's not just about whether we have good news to tell out and good news as in the power of God at work through us to bring healing to others so that they might discover God's power too. At heart, the only thing that really matters is do you have a relationship with God? Do you have that sense of knowing knowing beyond knowing beyond knowing that you're going to spend eternity with God in heaven because of your relationship with a loving heavenly father. And when we've got that in place, then we can choose and we ought to choose to do the other things too. Now, I've talked way too much and... So what we're going to do now is we're going to take time to worship God in song again. Ruth and Paul are going to lead us in a couple of songs. And um, you're welcome to sing these. You're welcome to use them as cover for you to pray, either for yourself or grab somebody near that you want to pray with. Or indeed, there are people that are set apart for prayer ministry today. Um, and I suggest if you kind of gather by the back doors, the back doors, the front doors, the over there. Um, then go and use those people. If you feel like you've sat down for a long time, then do stand up as we worship in song. But that's where we're going for the next few minutes. <laughs>